You're listening to the Raiders Podcast Network, your official home for all things silver and black. Welcome into the Silver and Black Show, everyone. I'm Amber Theo Harris. It is week 17, and the Raiders' playoff hopes are not only alive, they could actually win the division. The Raiders would have to win out and the Chiefs lose out, but think about that. Just how far this team has come in eight weeks. The sky wasn't just falling back on Halloween. It actually fell. Antonio Pierce came in and has gone four and three by convincing a team of frustrated superstars and talented young players to follow him. The players chose to believe in a man they knew, a man who was a Super Bowl champ himself, one whose passion as a linebacker's coach probably stood out, and one whose deep and authentic love for the Raiders organization made his quest personal. After beating the Chiefs on Christmas Day, Pierce has made one heck of a case for his future with the Raiders. That celebration we saw in Arrowhead's visiting locker room is evidence of a changing culture, a group of men who, like their interim coach, Simply believe. And no matter how this season ends, that's a long-term win for the Raiders. But they got to try to steal a wild card spot from the Colts, who currently sit in the seventh seed. And to talk about this huge AFC matchup, we welcome in ESPN NFL Nation Colts reporter Stephen Holder. And uh, Stephen, welcome into the, the Silver and Black Show. Happy New Year to you. Hey, same to you. Thanks for having me. Uh, big game on Sunday. It is. It's a huge game. And the, the Colts have lost two of their last three. What has the temperature been like in that Colts building this week? It's a very interesting time for them. I mean, they won five of six prior to this stretch. And now so to now lose two of three, uh, they have to prove that they can kind of bounce back. Now, they did that already in the last couple of weeks. There was a, a loss earlier this month. At Cincinnati, a very disconcerting loss uh, by double digits. They bounced back a week later, actually six days later, and had a huge win against Pittsburgh that really kind of, you know, kind of uh, precipitated some issues that were that were happening with Mike Tomlin's team. So uh, they showed some resiliency there, and they'll have to do it again. Just a really disappointing loss in Atlanta last week. And so, look, this is the team that they've been all year, a team that has overcome odds, a team that has responded to uh, difficult circumstances, a lot of the same things you're talking about with the Raiders right now. Uh, so we'll see. I think two teams that are very like-minded and have proven themselves in very similar ways. That's why it's going to be such a fun game to watch. But under rookie head coach Shane Steichen, this is a top nine scoring offense. They can put up some points, but you mentioned that loss to the Falcons. They only put up 10 points. And I'm wondering why they couldn't get anything going, especially with Jonathan Taylor back. I mean, what did you see from that offense? I, I thought something that was pretty disappointing from my perspective was the offensive line just not winning up front. And I, frankly, I don't think the offensive or defensive lines won at the line of scrimmage on Sunday, but it was it was a little surprising given the fact that they were coming off, in my estimation, their best performance, that offensive line, their best performance of the season against Pittsburgh. They ran for, I believe, over 170 yards in that game to come back a week later and rushed for about 90 yards against Atlanta, but but didn't have nearly the same kind of success 
And and that running game just never got on track. They were missing Michael Pittman, their top wide receiver. No one else really stepped forward to fill that void. So that really cost them their their go-to player and and third downs and such uh, were very, very difficult to convert. So it was you know a, a sort of a, a combination of factors, but that's that's the league. You know, you're not always going to have your go-to guy. Uh, you're not always going to have the strength of your team maybe come through. Uh, can you win in other ways? And and they did not or were not able to do that on Sunday. Think we're going to see Michael Pittman back out there and also update on Zach Moss? I think there's a good chance of seeing Michael Pittman. Look, I mean, with concussions, we all know uh, these things boil down to the evaluations and, and whether – uh, players passed the protocol, but he effectively did pass the protocol last week after flying to Atlanta with the team on Saturday night. Uh, he had some recurrence of symptoms, and then they just kind of made the wise decision to just sit him out of the game at that point. But he practiced or he has practiced this week. He has shown uh, he has moved, met all the, the checkpoints, I guess, so far in the protocol. So Michael Pittman, you know, we'd have to say at this moment, looking very possibly to be available on Sunday. Zach Moss is a little tougher to project. Uh, he's been a limited participant in practice this week. But I would say this, if they get him back, Zach Moss and Jonathan Taylor have not played together in a month. So that would be a big boost for the running game. You did mention that they couldn't find another way to win without Pittman being in the game. The leading receivers in that game were tight ends. Is there anyone that if, if Pittman doesn't go that we could see step up from a receiver standpoint? Well, I think the, the onus will fall on guys like uh, Alec Pierce, a second-year receiver for the Colts, the second-round pick in 2022. You know, he's been more of a, a deep threat for the Colts, so he hasn't had maybe the same usage as a guy like Michael Pittman who plays, you know, the the very uh, – plays an important role that's sort of in the middle of the field. So I, I think really what they need is for Alec Pierce to be able to, to play a more versatile role and then you've got a rookie, Josh Downs from North Carolina, who has really been uh, effectively their number two receiver this year out of the slot. The problem is he, being that slot receiver, obviously some limitations in what he can do, particularly with his size. So that is uh, something they have to overcome as well. But I do think the tight ends, as you mentioned, the tight ends really do come into play uh, when Michael Pittman is not on the field. Uh, they they don't have one go-to tight end. They have a collection of tight ends here in Indy, but that position looms large in this offense. Even though they do it by committee, uh, that position uh, has a big role in the offense. I want to go back to what you said about the Colts losing at the line of scrimmage, the offensive line. I'll tell you, going up against the Raiders, that's not a time to have an offensive line that's not winning at the line of scrimmage. I know that Gardner Minshew got his head knocked off six sacks against the Falcons. Might this be a big day for that Raiders defensive line that's played so well? It's a big challenge for the Colts, no doubt about it. I think one, a couple of things. Number one, uh, they may get some good news this week, right tackle, Braden Smith, who has not played in, I believe, four or five weeks. He has practiced this week. He's looked really good. I watched him closely 
in practice, and he looks like he might be good to go coming off of that knee injury that has held him back. But he hasn't played in a while. But uh, he could be matched up with Max Crosby quite a bit in this game. So I'm looking forward to see what that matchup might look like. Uh, They have had a, a rookie backing him up. Blake Freeland, so that's been a huge challenge at right tackle, particularly on that edge. I know Crosby likes to line up on that side quite a bit, so that could be an interesting matchup. Now, the offensive line as as a whole, as you said, this is not a it's not a good time to to not have your best uh, your best stuff as an offensive unit, uh, because as as you mentioned, that Raiders unit. I mean, I was looking at the the defensive numbers in total. Since Antonio took over, they are extremely impressive, and the Colts are very well aware of that. Um, I would just add as an aside, not necessarily to your question, but uh, wide receivers coach Reggie Wayne spent some time with us today, and he always is good, always really good with insight because he played for so long and he knows so many uh, these coaches across the league. He was asked about Antonio Pierce, and one of the things he said is that you know he sees a team that is really invested in their coach and is really playing for him. Uh, he, he said it, it. it's very clear in the way they're playing. So that was his observation about the Raiders right now. And I think that mirrors what a lot of people think about Las Vegas right now. I'll tell you, Reggie Wayne is the best of the best. By the way, by the way, tell Wheezy I said hi. I don't I don't think he lets people call him Wheezy on the team, <laughs> but that's what we used to call him. Um, Aiden O'Connell right. uh, on the other end is, is going to see pressure as well, right? Uh, three different Colts have eight sacks or more. That is really impressive. What makes the Colts pass rush so hard to stop? It's been a pleasant surprise, first of all, this year. I mean, I thought that pass rush coming into this season was something that I considered to be a concern for this team. Uh, they have tried lots of different solutions there, and, and none of them have really been effective on a consistent basis. This year, they're still doing it by committee for for the most part, uh, but they're all getting a part of it. And I think that's really what they kind of designed it to be. Uh, they thought this might be a, a pass rush unit that did it in waves, and I would say that's what we have seen. Uh, so I, I like what I've seen from that group. They haven't really done it necessarily uh, with with one, you know, standout pass rusher. You know, they don't have a Max Crosby. Uh, They have some effective rushers, but they're definitely doing it with a team effort. And they do it inside and outside. So DeForest Buckner this year, he's been an all pro at defensive tackle. He doesn't have big sack numbers this year, but he draws consistent double teams. And that opens up those guys in other spots to get one-on-one matchups and it's up to them to win. And so they are winning more often this year at Colts top five in the NFL in sacks. So that's a big step forward and they're doing it with Gus Bradley, who uh, was certainly with the Raiders. As you know, he is not a coach that uses a lot of pressure tactics. You know, you're going to get a four man rush from this team almost exclusively and so to develop or, or I should say to to generate that kind of pass rush with the four man rush, uh, that's particularly impressive. So I give them a lot of credit for that. Um, and we'll see if they can continue to do that. I think that's going to be a big factor in this game. 
Well, Stephen, what about the run defense, though? Because Bijan Robinson had a field date last week, and to be fair, a lot of that was catches out of the backfield, like yards from scrimmage kind of plays. But I'm not sure if Josh Jacobs, we don't know his status. We don't know if he's going to play. But could he or Zamir White, who had a huge game against the Chiefs, take advantage of what we saw was a lax run defense last week? I think it's going to be a gut check for the Colts. Uh, a big part of their problem with Bijan Robinson last week, you are right. He did have a lot of success. I thought the, a big part of their issues was not so much that they they didn't play good run defense as much as they didn't tackle very well. And, and that's not something I've seen a lot of. I mean, the Colts, for example, have the NFL's leading tackler in the middle of their defense and, and linebacker Zaire Franklin. So, you know, that... It speaks to, you know, the the kind of tackling team that they are, usually a pretty sure-handed tackling team. But that was very lacking last week. They can't do that again. They've got to be physical. They've got to get guys on the ground. You know, they pride themselves in not allowing too many big plays, particularly in the running game. But if you're not going to tackle consistently, those big plays are going to happen. So that has to be something that they they get a handle on uh, going into Sunday, it, it was not really characteristic of the Colts' defense, uh, but but they're also uh, going to be playing their first full game without Julian Blackman, uh, their injured strong safety. He's their third leading tackler right now, and and a guy who plays a really important support role against the run. So I, I think that's going to be a situation now where you have two second-year players at safety starting for the Colts on Sunday, and Nick Cross. And Rodney Thomas, uh, the communication now becomes a question, and certainly the run support is going to be tested as well. All right, we'll see if the Raiders are able to attack the middle of the field against the Colts. Hey, we look forward to seeing you out there in the press box as the Colts take on the Raiders this Sunday. Thanks for being with us, Stephen. Hey, you got it. Anytime. Welcome back. The Raiders head to Indy looking to knock the Colts out of their wild card spot. But if they're going to do that, they'll have to score some points. To talk about it, let's bring in our very own James Jones. James, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. It's good to see you, my friend. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. It's always good to see you guys, man. You guys are my family. What's going on? Well, what's going on is the Raiders have two ways to get into the playoffs. They can either win the division, which is crazy to think, or they can move into a wild card spot. What does this AFC playoff picture look like for the Raiders? What do you think their chances are? Well, number one, I think they got good chances because I think they got two winnable games that they could find a way to get this done. But this, the Broncos game does not matter unless you get this game done. So for me, the only thing that you are worried about right now is the Indianapolis Colts. There shouldn't be no playoff talks right now in that locker room. We have to find a way to beat the Colts. And once we beat the Colts, we'll let all that other stuff play out and we'll see where we're at and we'll go into the next week. But I truly like our chances to win these last two games. I don't know how it may shake out, but I do like our chances to go out there and win these two last games. We are playing the right football at the right time, even though the offense is struggling. When it's signs of a good football team, the defense is stepping up and making plays, and the offense is trying to finish off drives and close out football games. Yeah, they certainly just have to handle their business first and then let – uh, the chips fall where they may. But there's so much national buzz right now about Antonio Pierce. Everybody, I know you're talking about it over on Fox. From a player's perspective, yeah. how does a coach come in and change the mindset of an entire team, which it appears AP is doing? 
Well, you know, last time I checked, Amber players, no players. You know, and Antonio Pierce played this game at a very, very high level, had a lot of success, won some Super Bowls, beat me on the route to a Super Bowl. So I still really don't like him. But it's all, <laughs> but it's all good. But no, one thing about Antonio Pierce, man, one thing you cannot teach our coach unless you really done it is just really the passion and the effort. When you watch the Las Vegas Raiders play football, they play Raiders football, the nasty, the grimy, the intensity, all of that. When you step on the football field, I mean, coaches coming out there, black air force ones, that is the mindset of the football team. And that is how they are playing with that intensity. This was not here when this season started, when they were under coach McDaniels and Antonio Pierce brought a whole different mindset. And the only reason he brought that mindset is because that's the mindset that he had as a player and which had him have all that success. And that is what you are seeing with the Raiders right now. And listen, to go into Kansas City, to struggle on offense the way you struggle, for the defense to put it on Patrick Mahomes and that offense the way they did, kudos to Antonio Pierce. And it should be a lot of buzz around there. And Raider Nation should be very excited about what Antonio Pierce is bringing. I love that you you use the word grimy because I'll tell you who's grimy, who's Black Air Force One kind of guy, Jack Jones. We just sat down with Jack on this show. The man scored two defensive touchdowns in back-to-back -back games. How has his success yeah. elevated AP's reputation, not just as a talent evaluator, but also as an evaluator of men? Yeah, number one, um, all Joneses is grimy. We just <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? That's just how we, we just find a way to get it done and, and we grind me, you know. So, you know, Jack Jones has been balling. And he said it. He said it earlier in the week. Like, look, Patrick Mahomes good and all that kind of stuff. But we finna get in their face and we finna play some football. And that's exactly what they did. But that is one thing I'm truly excited about Antonio Pierce. Because you can be this guru, scout, and all that type of stuff. Oh, that's cool. But when you play the game... And when you've been on the elite defenses, you know exactly what you need to make your defense elite. You know exactly what you need to make your team elite. And you know exactly the mindset of the players that you are looking for. And as a player, now coach, he coached a lot of these kids, been in the locker room, so he knows how this stuff is supposed to look. So that is what I'm most excited about. I'm loving what he's doing this year, but I would love to see him get the opportunity to to keep this job and be able to bring the players he needs in here and knows what he wants to make this football team look the way he wants this football team to look. And it's starting off great with Jack Jones, him getting that addition, knowing he coached a kid in high school and brought him to Arizona State, and now he's with the Raiders. And he is a dog. He's grimy. Jones is grimy, and he's balling, making Antonio Pierce look good. We're going to print the T-shirts. All Joneses are grimy. I can't wait for that to come out. That's um, it. The, the defense – went from allowing 23 points a game to 15 points a game since this coaching change. The Colts yeah. average 23, though, so they can score some points. What are the key defensive matchups yeah. that we need to watch if uh, the Raiders are going to get a hold of that offense? Well, it's our defensive line and our linebackers. I think that's going to have to be the, the group that sets the tone in this football game because it's one thing they want to do. They want to get the football out of Gardner Minshew's hands, and they want to run the ball with Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss and those boys. They want to run the football. They got a really good offensive line, really good run game. They want to run the ball. So our defensive line, um, even the guys not named Max Crosby, the guys that's been stepping up, balling, the Kuntzes, all those guys that's been balling, this defensive line has been playing at a high level. Obviously, the linebackers have been playing well. So 
they have to be able to stop this run, make the Colts one-dimensional, and if we can, we will get our hands on some footballs from Gardner Minshew and be able to hold them under 15 points like we've been doing. And that's big-time defense, Amber. You're talking about 15 points. You are going to win a lot of football games, even if I'm at quarterback and you at the slot receiver. <laughs> we're going to win some games. Hey, only don't underestimate that. That would be ever. fire. Don't underestimate that. That would be fire. I would be out there just cutting on them. Uh, you mentioned guys not named Max Crosby. That has been an underrated storyline because everybody says Max needs help. Max, he's getting help. Yeah. The Malcolm Coons, yes, Adam is. Butler's, uh, Spillane. I mean, who are some of the guys that are making Max's job a little easier? I mean, the main guy that stands out is Coons because when you watch Coons, uh, he's getting one-on-one -on -one block right now, and he cannot be blocked. So that's taking a lot of attention off of Max Crosby because it's like, okay, listen, we can't slide the protection over here to Max no more because Koontz is wrecking the game. And lately, man, these last couple games, man, the last four or five games, he has been in the backfield wrecking football games. You cannot block him one-on-one. -on -one. And we've been looking for that. We've been saying, is it going to be Chandler Jones? Is it going to be the first-round pick? Was Who is it going to be? And it so happened to be Koontz coming off the edge, making big-time plays, and it's taking a lot of attention off of Max Crosby. And guys have to start planning to be able to stop him and slow him down, and that's going to free Max up. All right, well, uh, on the other side, the Colts' defense has some bangers themselves. They are Franklin. He leads the league in tackles. Quiddy Pay, DeForest Buckner. How does Aiden O'Connell yeah. match up with this defense? Mm. Well, number one, we got to start where we always start, and that's with the run game. I think that's what we did well last game. Look, we got to have an identity. We got to start with the run game, and we got to come off the run game with the play action pass. And listen, if we are on the same page, Amber, in that Kansas City Chiefs game, that, that game looks totally different. It might be a blowout on Christmas Day. Devontae Adams cooked the dude in the slot a couple times to where the ball was behind him. One of, one of them he dropped. It was another one to where he was working Devontae Adams on a slant incomplete pass, and Jacoby Myers cooked him on a whip route on the other side if he was working that side. So I think as he goes in and he watches this tape, He's always learned from week to week as he watched the tape and he comes out the next week even better. So I'm looking for that to happen. But we had plays out there on the football field. We just have to make the plays. And I think those same plays will present themselves. They have nobody in the secondary that can handle Jacoby Myers and Devontae Adams. So we should be good there. We protect. We'd be able to get the ball out. We're on the same page. I think the offense will bounce back and have a nice day. You know what, though? They definitely need some consistency. They can't have zero points against the Vikings, 63 points against the Chargers, and then only six against the Chiefs. So it's almost like which offense will show up. But I'll tell you a new development that was pretty cool over the last couple of games. you got to credit the offensive line and Zamir White, mm -hmm. who has a backup, came in and ran for 145 yards. I mean, what does his emergence mean for this offense? I know you said don't talk about play. Playoffs, but especially if you get in the playoffs when you need to play defense yeah. and run the ball. Yeah. No, I think this is big time because, number one, I think this gives our offense a little bit more versatility when you could get Josh Jacobs back. You know, because when you get Josh Jacobs back and then the young fellas, Amir White, is running the football the way he's running the football now, now you might have a couple packages to where we put these boys on the field at the same time. Like, hey, you don't know what's going to happen. We could throw these screens out here to Josh Jacobs because he's really good at catching the ball. 
and we can either come downhill running the ball at you with Zamir White, but we can have them on the field at the same time. But I love it because him and Josh Jacobs are so different, but the same at the same time. He's a downhill runner. He's physical. He's not going to do a lot of moves. Josh is a downhill runner, but Josh will also put a couple of them moves on you. So you got a little bit of the same guys that's running through arm tackles. They're not getting tackled by one guy, but I would love to see these dudes on the field when they are both healthy on the field at the same time, being able to give some of these defenses some problems. So I think that's going to be a good addition, especially with the way he's running the balls of late. All right, James, we're looking forward to seeing you get back here for Raiders game day. We'll see you right after the game against the Colts. I know you're doing your big thing in LA out there, but get back yeah, here to yeah. Vegas with us. Yeah, I know y'all. Y'all need a little bit, a bit of Jones love in there. You know, you need a little cuckoo <laughs> in the building. I'll be back soon. And you bring enough of it, James. Thanks so much, and a happy <laughs> new year to you. Thank you for listening to the Raiders Podcast Network. For all things silver and black, download the Raiders app and visit Raiders.com.